Who the bloody hell's that? Should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to chapter one two five of the Corona Diaries. Hello, 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 Ant. Hello. We've we've just had to start again. Um, Twice. Twice. And not because we're not recording, bizarrely. No. 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 But because of the libel laws. Just the general... It's not libel, though, is it? it, It's slander, to be slander, wouldn't it? Well, just generally causing offence, I think. (laughs) Whichever way you choose to frame it. Yeah, individuals, entire countries. You, <laughs> you know, we'll have a, we'll have a go at being better. You're in Glasgow. Yes, there's a, there's a, it's a very delicate wire. I'm going to have to walk today. Don't ask me about <laughs> anything, any, anything. <laughs> anything at all. You you are in 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 a most frivolous mood. Am I? Yeah, so you're sleep deprived already. I am sleep yes. deprived already. Yeah, I was up at half past bloody five this morning. I couldn't have, having given up trying. Right. And then I went back to bed about I don't know seven or something. And I think I think it was one of those where you you're sleeping so badly you don't even know if you've slept at all. Yeah. You know, or whether you've just stayed awake. It was one of those nights. And um, anyway, we've checked into a hotel in. Glasgow now, and uh, which meant I could have a shower, which was lovely. Mm. And uh, yeah, I'm all right. I'm good. You can tell it's early days on the tour because your roots look great. Yes, exactly. Mm. I'm presentable. You are very presentable, very presentable. And you've got two days in Glasgow, haven't you? Because of the way it's all fallen. Yeah, we were supposed to play here tonight, and then the Royal Concert Hall decided they didn't feel comfortable opening their doors on the night of Her Majesty's funeral. And so um, we, we thought we would lose the Scottish show, which, which I was really, you know, I was, I was very exercised about that. I got very cross. If you hear any occasional bumps at mine, it's just the maid feels the need to slam the doors one at a time out in the corridor for reasons unknown. Probably a Glaswegian thing, um, because but, he or she can really. But yes, yes, or either that or the, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what's going on out there. But um, yeah, what was I talking about? You were very exercised about potentially losing the Scottish yeah, state, which is yeah. interesting because I spoke to Lucy last week. Incredibly miffed. I was. Yes. To yes. Put it mildly. I spoke to Lucy and she said, Jesus H was in a foul mood today. Um, I was cross, man. Mm. She did say that. She did say that. You know. So it must yeah. have been somewhat out of the norm. 
But but you've, you've turned it around. You pulled it together. You're playing tomorrow night. Yeah, the pro- the promoter managed to find us another venue that was available not tonight but tomorrow. Uh, so we're doing the O2 Academy. I don't okay. know if I've done that before or not, or if it's the one we usually do or it's a different one. Because they change the names of these places yeah, yeah. sometimes and they're the same place when you get there and you go, oh, bloody hell, this is the whatnot, you know. Yeah. So we're playing there tomorrow night instead. But that involves having a day off today, which wouldn't have been a day off, uh, and doing three shows on the bounce because it'll be York after that and then Southampton after that which is not what I wanted to do either, really, ideally. I didn't want to do more than two in a, in a row for my voice. So I'm just going to have to cross my fingers and hope I don't damage myself too much. You'll be fine. You'll mm. be fine. I mean, the alternative is no Scottish show, isn't it? So I suppose... Yeah, I wasn't going to contemplate that. No. You know, I, th- I thought... Got to look after the Scots, man. Mm. And it's not like we come here often enough anyway. So to to come here and then blow it out was outrageous. Anyway, we've we all is well. All is well. All is well. And uh, that that puts pay to our little trip to the the railway museum, which was supposed to be tomorrow, wasn't it? Unfortunately, it does. Yes, there'll be no mallard and no. nipple greasing for no you, nipple greasing. Mr. Short. No. <laughs> not well. It, not this week. <laughs> well, no, uh, technically. Obviously. Just, just not with you. <laughs> you can always grease another nipple somewhere else. I can find a nipple to some, grease. Some other day. Yeah, I can find a nipple to grease. S- Simon Nash happened to mention in the, in the, in the Patreon chat, he, he, he just put special nipple, how two words can brighten up your day. We were talking about the fact that we were losing our pornographic edge, but... Mm. We, you know, we've rallied. We have. We slipped one in, didn't we? Well, we certainly have. Mm. Um, the breakfast cereal thing appears to be <laughs> taking on some momentum. Well, I had a lot of sleepless nights because I couldn't think of a name for me. We'd we'd got Peter Bix, we'd got Ian Muesley, which was pretty straightforward. We'd arrived at Mark Kellogg, which yeah, we was had perfect. That we had Steve Rashery, um, but I personally prefer Steve Ricicle, well, and I don't well, know why. It just makes me laugh. I like Steve Ricicle, though Steve Rashery did make me... The, the danger with Steve Rashery is I'm scared I'm going to go into one of those cod Chinese accents. Oh, yeah. yeah and I'm really worried that, about yeah. that. That doesn't happen with Ricicle, then. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> That old cheese was rubbery joke or whatever it is. So yeah. I don't, I, I don't want to go there. So Rashery makes me think I might go there. So because uh, I like Rashery, Rashery's good, but Ricicle mm. is special. Ricicle's just got something. And then the other night, I had this blinding flash of light, Cheerio, Garth. There yeah, Cheerio. I know. And you, you message me, and and to be fair, and you have every right because I didn't respond. No, um, I, was, I was a bit crestfallen. No, and and I and but as I was saying earlier to you before we started recording, when I realised I hadn't responded, I didn't then quite know how to climb down or whatever you do at that point because I thought, oh, I can tell. Do you know when a WhatsApp comes through, and it came through with energy, and you were clearly really quite pleased with it. 
Well, you know, I, I ex- I'm the kind of person who expects a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, but, um, when you do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was always yeah. a problem in my earlier life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think Sue mentioned that. And Jill, funnily enough. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, but I, I forgot. I got distracted by junior football or whatever it was, and I never came back to you. And then, yeah, I do feel bad because Cheerio Garth is is quite brilliant. It's up there with the others, at least. Because I, I, I thought I just can't think of one that doesn't quite, you know, quite can live up to Peter Bix. Who came but, up with Peter Bix then? Did you come up with Peter Bix as well? <sighs> I can't remember. It might have been one of the purples because they've all I don't been think it in. is. I don't think it is. They've had, we've had Pete's uh, Truita Bix, mm. but Peter Bix is better. Peter Bix is just on the money. Yeah. No, I, got, I can't remember if I came up with that. Well, if you came up with Peter Bix, that is. Did you not come up with it? No, I, no, you yeah. sent it to me. Well, I, I had Kedgeri, and then you and then you came back with Kellogg. Mark I did Kellogg. Ian Muesley originally. I did Ricicle, you did Cheerio Garth. You did H. Brown, to be fair. I did H. Brown, yeah, but I wasn't happy with it. And then, of course, Cheerio Garth just took it off the table. Cheerio Garth is off the chart. Well, I, I am quite cheery a lot of the time. So, it, Oh, you are? Yeah. You are. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to be fair, on the odd occasions when you've come on, on Zoom and gone, I'm in a foul mood today, you've cheered up within a few minutes. yeah. Yeah, well, you cheer me up. Oh, that's very kind of you. You do. You do. Yeah. <laughs> we just talk <laughs> such utter shit. <laughs> that's what does it. That's absolutely what does it. So, just to, just to to round this out, are we now finishing with Ian Muesley? That's nailed on, isn't it? We're not nailed going. On. We're not going back on that. Nailed on. Um, Mark Kellogg. I don't think we're going to get any better, are we? Nailed on than that. Mm. Um, we, as much as we like Steve Rashery, I think we're going to stick with Steve Ricicle, aren't we? Steve Ricicle's fantastic. It reminds me of Mr. McHenry a little bit as well from the Magic Roundabout. Do you remember him? That I do remember him. He used him. to go by very fast on a tricycle and go... <laughs> you could imagine Does Steve Steve Ricicle being very, very quick on, on quick, on, tricycle. <laughs> quick on the tricycle. <laughs> well, you have to tell him you, that. You can. You can. Um, so we're sticking with Steve Reichel. We're sticking with Peter Bix. Peter Bix, just genius. <laughs> just genius. I'm waiting to see who's going to be the first to to do the the Peter Bix box. Somebody's going to do that. By the time this yeah. episode's been out by half an hour. There'll be a mock-up of a Peter Bix box. Yeah, that's that's there for the taking. Um, and get him and a Cheerio Garth. Get him a yeah. T-shirt. Could get me a Cheerio. A Cheerio Garth T-shirt. t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. So, fun. but you've just you came on the call. So now I've got to ask now. Clearly, the the rest of the band are now aware of this. Mm. Yeah. How's I, it, how's I, it gone down of, with everybody? I think there's an extent to which they're humouring me. You know, they're nodding along. And that's just about this? <laughs> Generally. Generally. <laughs> Sometimes I'm ahead of them, you know. Yes. Six months. Yeah, at of, least. You know, yes. Six months' time they're going to be 
they're going to be enjoying pissing this. themselves. Yes, exactly. Yes. They just need a bit of time to settle. Yes. Um, and of course, we're on tour with Louis Jardim, and he's quite disappointed that he hasn't got his breakfast cereal named after him. So I've been lying awake on the bus as well, trying trying to think of one, and that's really tricky. Mm. You know, Louis or Jardim in the breakfast area is yeah. uh, a bit of a brain teaser. And so far, the nearest nearest I've managed to come is ju- Juice Jardim. <laughs> Right, but it's it's not great. It's a bit forced, that isn't but it? But all I've got, it's all I've got. Yeah. So if anyone thinks of, you know, breakfast-related name for Lewis, for Lewis, it would cheer him up because he's feeling a bit left to help. Right. Right. Yeah, because actually, Juicy Jordan should be better if you were going to go for juice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that would be all right. Um, Juicy Jordan. Hmm. Mm. Right, there's the challenge then, everybody. That's the challenge. Um, Lewis is desperate to get involved, and I can totally understand why. Yeah, because he's on the bus, you know. Yeah. So he's the only man on the bus without a breakfast without reference. Without a breakfast name. Mm. That's going to take the shine off your morning, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there's, I mean, bands have split up over less. They probably have, yeah. You know, he might storm off stage. Yeah. <laughs> if we don't get it sorted quickly, might get to Southampton strop off. Any man, any band that Ginger Baker was in probably split up over less. <laughs> From what I've heard of Ginger Baker. Ginger. Now, we need to be careful because we've, we've had to start this twice already. Yes. Yes. Is he still alive? He's famously violent. I don't want him coming looking for me. No. Oh, he um, died. He died. We're all right. That- that might and not I don't stop mean him. that in a... In a <laughs> he died, we're all right. <laughs> right, shall we start again with the fourth time? <laughs> no, no, let's, no, we'll find We'll, we'll, we'll leave sort that, that one out. Nah, we'll, we'll, sort be, that one nah, out. we'll leave that in. That's fine, we're, not, we're, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. That one was terribly fond of Ginger. <laughs> not quite convinced that's done it, but... <laughs> no, no, one who, no one who met him, from what I've heard. Well, well yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, anyway, mm. back to the How We Live album. Oh, yes. Mm. Uh, do you want to have a crack at maybe one song off there, just while we're spitballing, just to, to see if we can... Well, I'm in the right town for it. I mean, you know, Colin War was from here. Uh, Europeans were from here. Mm. And so I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Colin's town. So it's relevant, you know, it's sort of fitting. Actually, before we start, I must ask, though, to keep every again, because we all need to know, um, Mick, accordion Mick. Yeah. Is he, has he managed to sort his nights out? Is he coming tomorrow? No, sadly not. Oh. Mick McNeil. Um, yeah. I think he was a little bit, what's the word? I think he was so... He was so um, disgusted, really, with the amount of fuss being made over the Queen's funeral because he's, you know, he's Scottish and what, and it, what's any of it got to do with us? He feels like that about it. Uh, I'm not saying all Scots should feel like that about it, but Mick does. And he's, <laughs> it's an act of protest. He's taking his family to Dublin to a, rep- I'm going to a republic. 
um, until it's finished. So I think he, I think he's gone to Dublin out of disgust, mainly because our gig was cancelled because <laughs> he was going to come. So now he's gone to Dublin uh, under protest. So Mick's now not coming. He'll be in Dublin, which is a shame because it oh. would have been nice to see him. Yeah, yeah. Well, we just have to organise the the Oxford thing separately then. <laughs> You're like a dog with a bone. You I am really indeed. Are. I am indeed. On the subject, I, well, it was not the subject of that, but I just thought about something because I read a great comment on because um, we we've spent a bit of time talking about Morton Bay, the incredibly named Morton Bay. Morton named, Bay, right? Yes. It wasn't called Morton Bay because that's his middle name. Um, but Although Morton he did I... sign a recent, he did sign a recent uh, email. All the best, Morecambe. So he, he may well have <laughs> changed his name already. <laughs> oh, oh dear, that's that's fluid. Um, so anyway, he came back because we were talking about the fact that if you'd been born a hundred years earlier, because I I thought if you'd been born a hundred years, you would have just been that romantic poet. Uh, and and you reckoned you'd be a swineherd, um, but he he came back and said he didn't think you would be a swineherd, mm. and actually his read his reasoning is quite sound. Given your vocational training, you probably would have been an engineer, perhaps even a railway engineer. Mm. Maybe maybe H would have been working to finish the Circle Line in London in eighteen eighty four instead of trying to make it with the Europeans in nineteen eighty four. And he'd be spending his evenings playing vaudeville tunes on an accordion in the relatively recently opened Hope and Anchor pub in Islington. Now, that's a nice thought, isn't it? That is a nice thought, and probably preferable to keeping pigs. Oh, yeah. Well, I... um, yes, yes. Yeah, somebody else said I, I kind of, they, they kind of had me down as a potential dissolute poet. Hmm. You know, sort of. Coleridge sort of character, you know, upside down in a skip, making up poems about mescaline. <laughs> but now, now Morton said what he said. I've got you down as a bit more of a Brunel type figure. Ah, right, yes, surrounded by enormous links of chain, the yes. size of gorillas. Yes, yes, yes. With, with well, your, with your, you know. You, your projects. Pillar box hat and a long beard. Exactly that. <laughs> Pillar box hat, long beard, big drawing, <laughs> and some kind of huge thing. Yes. Lots of uh, entropy charts hmm. around. Did you ever come across an entropy enthalpy chart? No. Well, not, not in my day to day, no. No, no, they're heavy duty. Um, right. We did a bit of that in thermodynamics at college. There's a thing called enthalpy and entropy, and it's to do with how steam responds and the amount of energy you can get out of steam and what you have to do to steam. <laughs> I never quite followed it, if I'm honest. I took one look at it and I'm shit a brick. <laughs> Where's the piano? <laughs> that felt like one of those sentences that you started and had no clue how you were going to get out of. <laughs> there was yes. a look on your face of sort of slight blind panic there. <laughs> Check them out, cats. Check them out, cats. Enthalpy, entropy tables. I bet nobody said that from a lecture hall, did they? Check them out, cats. <laughs> 
not a lot of rock and rollers have mentioned that. No. 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 Probably not the craziest thing we've even mentioned on here, but it's certainly probably up there. Uh, well, I'm going to go... It's niche. 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 It's niche. But had I been an Isambard Brunel kind of figure, the, the, I might have had my nose in a, such a table there. I I I think you would have been Brunel-esque, but I think you also would have been somebody doing works of um, philanthropy as well. Well, wouldn't that be lovely? Yeah, it's hmm. it's what it's. I'd be drawn towards anything that would would be a bit more useful than just doing stuff. You know, it's nice. It's lovely to do stuff, but as I said before, it's better to be a doctor, or, hmm. you know, than than what I do really. Uh, although people have argued that you know there's a kind of a therapeutic value in some of the stuff I've written, and so maybe it's the it's not the next best thing, but it's it's the it's next to the next to the next best thing from actually doctoring and you know. I think it's relative. I yeah. think if your legs hanging off, yeah. Yeah, a good song ain't going to do it. I don't care how, how, how well you pitch Dryland. It's not going to help, is it? <laughs> this is it. You know, your pitching could be off the charts. It's not However, going to However, once your leg's sewn on and you're feeling yes. a bit depressed about it, yeah. That's, yeah. that's where I can help. That's the moment that you... Yeah, no, I'm with that. I'm with that. Um, on the subject, having mentioned Send Dryland... Send in the surgeons. I'll be right behind you. Just when it's been slightly cleaned up. Um, <laughs> back to try. Back to the album. Oh yes. Let, we'll have a crack at. Go on. Let's just try one. Just, on, just, just so I can cling on to a bit of a bit of reality. Um, we talked about the Rainbow Room. Oh, that yes. was as far as we'd got. We we went from four four tracks in the first episode that we talked about this to two tracks in the second. So if we get through one. We're, we're, we're that, that trend we're, is continuing. We're on the curve. Yeah. We're on the curve. Lost at Sea, track number seven. Wow. Lost at Sea. Lost at Sea. Now, Lost at Sea was about a girl I met in Switzerland. Was it Geneva? It might not have been. It might have been Neuchatel. She was a... I don't even know if she was a fan, but she was hanging around. And I think she was, uh, you know, she was clearly quite damaged in it. And I think she might have been on, on heroin or something. And I don't know how we came to have a long conversation, but we did. And it just sort of stuck with me. And um, Lost at Sea was really about her and the state that she was in. Um, you know, You've never been out as deep as this before. And I got to wondering if if some people... It's probably just a notion, really, and it's probably bollocks, but I got to wondering if some people at a certain point in their lives have got into, have got into drugs and even, even quite hard drugs out of a kind of naive feeling that that's rock and roll mm. that it's a way of being like the stars you know certainly back in the 70s when when i was you know a lot younger 
there was always that feeling that the well, there was it was hard fact really. You know, Eric Clapton had had been on heroin. George Harrison had been on heroin. Even the likes of Ray Charles and um, some of those older cats, Miles Davis, I think. You know, a lot a lot of the the real genius genius musicians had had heroin problems and. And I, I was just wondering if her, what had brought her to to me was um, looking for some kind of affirmation of of how she lived. And so, lost at sea is about that, really, about being being sold a dream that that costs you very dearly. That is actually an illusion. Um, that's what I was trying to say, and you know, I'd got that that nice little tinkly piano part in the chorus. Um, that was it, really. It was about it was about this little girl I met in Switzerland. It's a really interesting thought because. I mean, a lot of that, you, you you always do wonder with the the thing with the you know because like you say, I mean, you, you didn't cover the Stones, but we know the, we know all the, so many members of the Stones. Alicia. I mean, you've got to look through the bands. I mean, the Doors. I mean, Hendrix had huge problems, and I don't exactly know what the substances were in all cases, but we know there were substances involved in all of those cases. And, yeah, and then more recently, of course, I mean, long after I'd been inspired to write that song, but you know, Jacko and Whitney and Prince and. Mm number of of uh, artists who uh, who uh, who lose their lives at at the hands of overdoses really or mm. their own hands mm. well, and in a lot of instances it really is just down well I, I guess down to the ability of needing something to to neutralize or to do something with what's going on in the world that they can't cope with but to be drawn mm. to it just because you think that's how you get to inhabit the same space be like them yeah you know, I want to be like so and so, Ziggy Stardust, or Eric Clapton, or and the route to do and the route to that is the drugs, as opposed to not working out that for all those people the drugs is the route out of it. Yeah, or that the, the, they got into drugs because of other circumstances in their lives. Mm. I mean, Eric Clapton had a rotten childhood, so I think he was just trying to escape the pain he was in from that. And that that happens a lot, mm. but it was just about that. It was about finding someone or coming across someone who who was damaged, and then realizing that perhaps they're looking to you for some kind of affirmation, uh, you know, and and trying to say it's not how it is, you know. Mm. That's what that's about. Uh, we'll go off for a bit of diary at that point. Um, um, but though I, I, I must ask you about Colin, actually, when we come back. Remind me to ask you about Colin when we come back. Yeah. Because uh, we keep mentioning Colin. Obviously, we mentioned the fact that, you know, he's, 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 he's from the neck of the woods that you're in. Um, but, yeah. But let's have some diary first. I, I'm i trying to remember where you're going to go, actually. I have read it earlier on. I've read it as well. Uh, um, I'm a bit... Where was I? I was in... Istris. I was in, I was in, I was in Istr. Yeah. 
Oh, look out, here I come. Wednesday, 23rd of November. Istr. Rolled out of bed to see where we are. We seem to be out somewhere in the French countryside. I could see signs for Istr, so we must be close. There were traces of snow on the ground. While in Barcelona, I'd heard that it was snowing in the south of France. Here was proof. Strange weather we're having. Went back to bed, and soon I felt the bus come to a stop. Didn't feel the need to hurry. We're in a big hall in the middle of nowhere. Might as well stay in bed. Eventually rose and made my way into the Lucine. It means factory. Found catering and grabbed a coffee. Quinna said there was a day room if I was interested. I was. And so the runner took me in a car for a 15 minute drive to a funny little hotel called the Comfort Inn. No one spoke any English, but they seemed friendly in a provincial sort of way. Or should I say a Provençal sort of way? (laughs) We are, after all, in Provence. I went up two floors to my room. It was dreadful, but I could at least have a little time to myself. I freshened up and decided to go back downstairs to see if I could have lunch in the restaurant. There were already quite a lot of people in the restaurant, all men. At one long table was a load of guys who looked like some kind of sports team, maybe rugby. They were all big guys. I sat at a single table and ordered steak frites, which I seemed to be living on lately. I set up the laptop and typed up the diary while eating. The landlady seemed amused to have me there and kept nodding and smiling. Paid for lunch and then went back upstairs to fiddle about with the laptop still working on my oil song. Soon the phone rang and it was the reception saying, Monsieur, votre rendezvous est arrivé. The runner had returned to take me back for soundcheck. Back at the gig, Bertrand Pourcheron was waiting. I had an interview with him, so I took him to the catering room along with his friend Didier and spent 20 minutes or so talking. If you were a tree... Which one would it be? I like those kind of questions. They make a nice change. Sound check went well. Not too long for a change, although I was having trouble with radio interference. We tried switching frequencies several times, but without much luck. Never mind. After sound check, we hung around for quite a while as opening act a day's work. Sound check for hours and hours. We're not on tonight until 9.45, so I went back to bed for an hour on the bus. The show went well. Everything seems to be working now, musically and technically, and the audience had the soulful French vibe going on. I completely forgot to announce that it was Steve R's birthday tomorrow, but the word must have got out as several choruses of Happy Birthday to You seemed to break out spontaneously. Afterwards, I signed things and stood for photographs with the people who had waited behind. Very nice people, not in any way pushy. The boss then drove us all to Marseille, where we will stay tonight, and then we'll have the day off there tomorrow. Seemed like a nice hotel, hard to tell in the dark, but it's right on the sea front, just to the east side of the city. 
had a quick birthday drink with Steve before hitting the sump to a soft bed. The first bed for seven nights. Heavenly. Friday, 25th of November, Marseille. Woke suddenly at 12 to find a maid spinning round on her heels at the end of my bed, making a hasty exit. I'd forgot the do not disturb sign once again. It hardly matters, they tend to ignore them anyway. Seemed like a good time to be getting up, so I rose, showered and wandered down the corridor in search of coffee. This is a nice hotel. Luxurious rooms, the most comfortable bed I've slept in since the fabulous Halcyon Hotel in Holland Park, and Moroccan paintings displayed in and around the walkways and lobbies, complete with waterfall on a natural cliff face. It's an upside-down hotel too. The rooms are below reception, so I went up to reception where I was knocked out by the most amazing panoramic view of the sea. The hotel appears to have its own harbour, swimming pool and terrace literally adjoining the Mediterranean. It must be lovely in the summer. Went down to the bar and ordered coffee. Bertrand Pocheron was later to inform me that there are a number of footballers from Marseille FC living here in the hotel, including Fabien Barthez, the maverick goalkeeper who used to play for Manchester United and France. I kept an eye out for him, but he wasn't around. I spent the better part of the day off in the restaurant, having a slow lunch, ham and cheese omelette and fries, whilst tapping at the laptop. When they closed the restaurant, I moved to the bar and spent a peaceful afternoon watching the sea crashing up against the rocks in between working on the diary and the oil song. It's Steve R's birthday, so I arranged a band and crew dinner this evening. Bertrand showed up to take Pete T into town in search of new specs. He'd lost his in Barcelona, along with his cell phone. So I asked him if he could book somewhere nice. He decided on a restaurant close to his home, on a small fishing harbour. A kind of fishing village within Marseille. Tonight the boss will leave at midnight for Luxembourg, so everyone had left their bags in the day room, which was also Ian Mosley's. It was room 195, the furthest room away from reception in the entire hotel. At 8pm we assembled and Bertrand arrived to show us the way to the restaurant. We arrived at a secluded little fishing harbour within Marseille. It was like being somewhere else entirely. In the little harbour a kind of glass conservatory was perched overlooking the water and we seemed to have it to ourselves. It belonged to a nice little restaurant over the road and the staff came and went taking our orders and feeding us delicious food all night. It was a good birthday night out for Steve R. I'd hoped to make it a band and crew dinner but Ian stayed in bed and Mark stayed in and played computer games. Marillion Esprit de Corps strikes again. I had oysters and a fish called Loop. Very nice and of course very fresh all washed down with a good red wine. We discovered a circular hole in the window glass where perhaps an extractor fan was supposed to be and much mirth ensued when Jens threw a bread roll through it which bounced right next to a couple of tourists at the water's edge below. By their reaction, I think they thought it had fallen from space. It's the little things. Afterwards, we returned to the hotel and grabbed our bags trundling them along the seafront to where the bus was parked. 
climbed aboard for the overnight journey to Luxembourg. Saturday, 26th to Sunday, 27th of November. Breakdown. Was awoken by a strange skittering noise. It sounded like we were skidding on ice. Not what you really want a 20-ton bus full of people to be doing, really. I braced myself and waited for the outcome. A bang. Mercifully, not a big enough bang for a 20-ton bus hitting a wall, but as if we'd hit something. A dull bang. I wondered if maybe we'd hit a deer. Rolled out of bed and up the front of the bus, but all I could see was a dry, open road, still rolling peacefully beneath us. I went downstairs for a pee and then returned to bed. As I reached the top of the stairs on the upper deck, the bus suddenly began rapidly decelerating and I was accelerated forward along the gangway. The bus ground to a halt. Out of the front window, I could see that we were on the hard shelter of a French motorway. High snow drifts were in evidence beyond the hard shelter, although the road was clear of snow and ice. My heart sank as I realised that whatever all this was about, it wasn't normal and was going to cause us considerable delay. Sue's already in a room in the Holiday Inn in Paris waiting for me. I'm due there in the morning around breakfast time and we'd planned to meet for breakfast before a day together in Paris. I couldn't believe it. I'm beginning to think we're cursed. Things haven't been going too well between us for a while now and the marriage has continued to hover in the balance for some years. Days when we can relax alone together have become very precious. With a heavy heart, I return to bed with the distinct feeling that I might not be in Paris for lunch, let alone breakfast. I lay in the dark, waiting for the next development. I drifted into sleep and then back into consciousness as I could hear and feel a banging noise coming from the front of the bus. Got up once again to see the flashing revolving yellow lights of a tow truck in front of us. Great. Went back to bed and heard more banging and general muffled commotion as attempts were made to attach a tow bar to the bus. Later, I felt the juddering motion of the bus being towed from the motorway looked at my watch. It was 6.30am. Catnapped till 9, then texted Sue with the bad news. Text said, Bus broken down somewhere in France. Gearbox. Towed off motorway. I'll get to you as soon as I can. It won't be soon. Sorry. More news when I have it. Sigh. She was understandably disappointed, but seemed to take it well. She might not have said it, but I genuinely wondered how much more she could take of me and my music. The last straw is hovering above us. And we're back! (laughs) Um, And you're still where you are, you're still in Glasgow. We're not going to talk too much about the diary. No, uh, no. I'll leave the diary where it is um, uh, for th- for this week, and we'll just come back to we'll come back to the rest of the tour actually. So you've got Glasgow tomorrow night, and then you're heading off to York, which reminds me, can you shove me on the guest list for York? Yeah, of course I can. Then is that right? I'm just watching the um, 
you know, the Queen coming up the Great Walk now with the Grenadier Guards coming up the Great Walk in the hearse. I used to live right next to there, right next to the Great Walk. I used to walk up there. And I used to see her go by sometimes driving a Land Rover with a headscarf on. Um, and anyway, it's the funeral and they're just, um, they're just, they're just taking her into Windsor for the, uh, for the second ceremony and the committal. So there we are, sitting in uh, a hotel room in, in Glasgow, watching, uh, watching, watching the Queen, Queen's funeral. I must admit, I've not watched a lot of it. It's been kind of on in the background. Alison's watched it. I've not watched it all. But the, there's, there's something about when we do... I mean, London looked fairly spectacular, the bits I've seen. Um, and there's something about the way we do these things that is like nowhere else in the world, isn't it, really? Yeah, well, it's our military, isn't it? They, 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 they just they seem they seem to be able to do this kind of stuff, you know, so brilliantly. The everything about it, the the bright colours of the the uniforms, the bearskins, and all of that, you know, and and the uh, the kind of level of, of discipline and rehearsal that I mean, when when did they have time to rehearse any of that? I was. I think they've th- been doing it for the last twenty years. I mean, I'm, from the point of view of someone who's <laughs> in, a, in a touring band, there's always that one thing you just haven't thought of when you actually do something. There's always that one thing that trips you up, you know. And I was, I was waiting for something, you know. Or what? But what if this coffin won't fit in this hearse with this crown on top of it, you know, and they get to me? Oh shit! <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> but but everything seems to have. I mean, I don't see how they could have practised it, but they must have done. I, I, I kind of like to say that if they have somebody in who's close to those arrangements who happens to be a bit more like Mark Kelly, they've obviously not let him near <laughs> the final bits of organisation. That's all I'm saying. I don't no. think anybody in that scenario has said, oh, let's try something different three quarters of an hour before it's due to start. No, it's amazing. It's amazing how... How, as far as I could see, it's gone completely without a hitch. And whether you're into it and you're a monarchist or you're not into it, you've got to admire the fact that it's something on that scale has gone that smoothly. It's, it's incredible. Oh, it's a piece of choreography. It's it's off the charts. And I don't know, I can't think of anywhere else in the world that does it any better. I think the only thing I can think of that's even close to this is maybe when you see things like the Olympics opening ceremony. Because let's face it, every other country on earth, the only time their military get out and parade with anything, it's normally with a, with some form of weapon. Yeah. Yeah, it's normally a show of might and strength, isn't it? It's a, mm. an attempt Bombast. to... Bombast, it's not. ...to humiliate an audience. But, but yeah, our, our, our military are obviously just drilled to the point where this stuff is second nature. But I do love the clothes, man. I love the clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you enjoying it? You've done one night so far. Are you enjoying it? How was how was how was uh, Blackburn? Um, it for a first night, it was great. I sang really well. Voice, well, you know, I feel like somebody's waved a wand over me and given me my voice back, and it's full, you know, firing on all six falsetto the lot you know so 
and I thought I was done with that. So that's wonderful that that's returned to me. I don't know how it has, but it has, and that's fantastic. So I sang really well. Um, the band played really well, although, of course, they all came off stage spitting and cursing for, you know, something had pissed them off. You know, there's always one little thing, you, you miss a couple of notes or a chord, and they all came off. Um, but I think two or three shows in it's going to be fantastic. It's fantastic already, but um, as it gets tighter, it'll be even more potent, I think. Um, but it's very important not to lose sight of the fact that it's it's much more about the vibe than getting mm. every last I dotted and T crossed. That's, you know, what's what's important is the feeling. And it had a great feeling. And, of course, we've talked about the change in venue for Glasgow, but actually that probably is going to change the feel of that gig because I imagine it won't be seated. I think it might be seated. Oh, right, um, okay. I think because it, it would have be been seated. seated before, wouldn't it? It was seated, and you know, some people had paid more to sit near the front. They'd got the dearer tickets, and so there isn't time apparently to reallocate those. So it's going to be a bit of a free for all. And if anybody's disappointed um, by that, then you know you can get a refund if you're not happy. So you've got the option. I'm just going, oh, well, never mind, give me my money back. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay in. Um, but I think this this is a bit more of a free-for-all. But, I, I mean, I'll probably say something from the stage and just say, you know, we've all got to make the best of this. It was sort of thrust upon us. And we're, we're doing this rather than not do a show in Glasgow, which was the other option. Um and let's have a good time, you know, let's make the best of it. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll leave you with it. I'll leave you to enjoy Glasgow. I'll leave you to enjoy that show. Uh, I'll, I'll catch up with you um, probably briefly on uh, Wednesday at York. Yeah. You, um, you, were good. you asked me to, to ask you about Colin. Oh, yes, I did. I did while we're... Yeah, th yeah thank you, Fakupli, I forgot about that. Just, just to say, and I'm sure I've asked you this in the past and I'm sure you've told me, but how often do you keep in touch with Colin do you you know you... very very rarely he's he, he doesn't doesn't seem like he's in the country much he divides his time between New York because his wife's from New York I think he's got a place in Spain now that he he, he got I don't know how Brexit has affected that whether you know I don't I, I don't know what his situation is whether he'd, he'd done something that enabled him to stay there um you know, our our contact, for the most part, tends to be a birthday email because his birthday is the day after mine. Mm. He's May the 15th. And so uh, he usually sends me a birthday email. Happy birthday, Stephen. The day after I send him one, <laughs> cheers, Colin, happy birthday. Uh, we do speak now and again, but it's it's not even once a year. It's once in a blue moon. Mm. Any chance he'd come on, do you think? Oh, I think he probably would if we invited him. Well, maybe we should do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll ask him. I mean, it's yeah. up to him if he wants to, but yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he'd come on and chat. It'd be a nice way of rounding out this, this whole 
album chat as well, wouldn't it? Certainly, this album, yeah. It would sooner rather yeah. than later would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think we should try and do that. Uh, I didn't quite know. I was a bit reticent because I didn't know, you know, because obviously there's been odd bits of disagreement in the past. I just didn't know exactly where you were at with him, where the relationship was at. Yeah, there was a bit of jostling and disagreement over, you know, who'd who'd written what, when, how, and. Um, but I don't think it's anything that we've, you know, it's not daggers at dawn kind of animosity. It's just feeling a little bit, oh, oh I don't think that's quite right. You mm. know, it's more like that than than wait till I see that bastard. I'm. <laughs> I mean, he's all, you know, the rest of the Europeans have always said that they're up for dinner. You know, if if we should. We should find a night, meet up in London and have dinner, and we all go, yeah, we should, and then we never do. We should do that. It's because we're blokes. If we were girls, we'd have been at it for years, you know. Well, then, the see, I find in this situation, I normally pass this responsibility on to Alice and say, Alison, organise that, because we, uh, we won't. Mm. So, you know, get the girls involved. <laughs> get them to sort it. We shall see. Well, have a good night tomorrow night. Thank you, Anthony. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'll get back to my funeral. Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.